Chris Middlestad is proud of the Fruit Guys, the fruit delivery business he founded 22 years ago. He's so proud, he'll happily get into a full-body banana costume to tell you about it. Oh, hi. I'm Chris. You may know me from such workplace safety videos as How Not to Slip on Your Banana Peel. But I'm actually not here to talk to you about that today. I'm here to tell you the Fruit Guys story. The Fruit Guys story started in a small San Francisco apartment where Chris packed boxes of fresh fruit and delivered them to office workers. In the years since, he's built the Fruit Guys into a 163-person company. He says they're very close-knit. It is a family amongst itself in terms of the people that we have in the business. There's a woman who had been working for me for 12 years, and, you know, she was a friend that I met in the co-op nursery school we've raised our kids in. So, yeah, this is very personal. But when the pandemic closed offices and schools, the places that buy his fruit, Chris found himself in a painful position, having to put his fruit guy's family on furlough. We were trying to save the business and trying to say, what do we do? There's no way out of this. Then in May, Chris got nearly $1.7 million from the government, money that helped him bring all the staff he'd furloughed back to work. But after two months, that lifeline ran out. And now Chris and many small business owners across the country are making tough decisions they thought they'd put behind them. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, July 23rd. Coming up on the show, why small business layoffs are happening now, even after the government spent over $500 billion to save those jobs. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. When the shutdown happened, millions of small businesses across the country felt an immediate hit. And that was a major problem. Because small businesses employ nearly 60 million people. Small businesses are such a crucial part of the economy. According to the Census Bureau, they account for nearly half of private sector employment. Our colleague Amira Amokwe has been covering small business. And she says with so many jobs on the line, Congress stepped in to help by creating a massive relief program. The Paycheck Protection Program, as the name probably implies, the point was to help small businesses keep their workers employed. And so the idea was you could take out a loan that would be forgivable eventually if you maintained your pre-pandemic levels of employment or if you had already laid off workers if you brought them back. And this program, called the PPP, was designed to be temporary. So the idea was that the program would be a bridge to help small businesses get through what lawmakers at the time were expecting to be a short-term 
downturn followed by a steep recovery, what we call a V-shaped recovery. So a very fast, steep decline in activity followed by a swift rebound. And you could see that that was the expectation because originally Congress gave businesses just eight weeks to accrue those expenses that they could then apply towards forgiveness. So really, it was designed for roughly two months of payroll and these other expenses that we're talking about. Two months of payroll might not sound like much of a lifeline. But for a lot of small businesses, this was huge. Because most of them don't have much cash in reserve. Like Chris, the fruit guy. You know, I don't think people understand often that when you're a small business or you're a self-funded business, everything is on the line. Like, there's no backing from investors that we could turn to. Everything that drives the business is basically backed up by our house and everything that we've built over 22 years. That's the way it works. So when the PPP came online, Chris rushed to apply. But so did everyone else. Demand for the program was so high, many small business owners got locked out on that first round of funding, including Chris. He remembers getting the news that he didn't get PPP money. I feel this horrible sickness in my stomach, like I'm going to puke. And, you know, I'm not sleeping at nights and I'm awake every hour or two hours as I'm just rolling and thinking about what is coming. You know, I'm talking to my wife and my kids about they're asking questions or obviously seeing everything. And I'm like, yeah, this could be it. This might be the end of this. This may go away. Like I say it's kind of like that scene out of The Princess Bride where like Wesley's telling the story of saying, yeah, the Dread Pirate Roberts would say like, good night, Wesley. Like I still may have to kill you in the morning, right? I don't think I've ever experienced anything quite as extreme as this in my professional career. Good night, Wesley. Good work. Sleep well. I most likely kill you in the morning. I'm so glad that The Princess Bride is like your, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what you're relating to this moment. But then the fruit guys got a break. Congress put more funds into the PPP. And in the second round, Chris got the money. With it, he was able to bring back all his employees from furlough at full pay. According to the program's rules, he had eight weeks to spend the money. And Chris thought that would be enough time to keep his business going until offices started ordering fruit again. This is early May. We were still hearing from some customers that they thought they'd be back in June, July. And so we're going, okay, great. This money's going to get us there. Like, we got eight weeks. If companies are going to come back by the end of June, then we're good. You know, we think that at least we got a shot. Dread Pirate Roberts isn't going to kill you. Isn't going to kill me. Right, right. Sleep well, Wesley. Right. In early May, there was reason to be optimistic. Around the country, new cases of COVID were going down and states were starting to reopen. The PPP had helped many small businesses keep their staff. A recent study estimated that the program may have saved more than 2 million jobs. But when Chris brought his staff back and he asked them to do some customer outreach, he started hearing a different message. And we called 100% of our customers, thousands and thousands of customers over the eight-week period. And we talked to them. And what we learned was that 70% of those customers they didn't know when they'd be coming back to work or how it would work. 70% of Chris's customers didn't know when they'd be his customers again. And Chris only had a few weeks of his PPP money left. He started to realize something terrible. The money that was supposed to be a bridge to the other side of this crisis was turning into a bridge to nowhere. That's after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. By the end of June, Chris's hope that his business could quickly get back to normal had vanished. So had his PPP money. And that sick feeling in his stomach was back. The hardest decisions for me are always about people. I mean, I know very deeply, like so many of the folks in the business, how this affects them. But the numbers are the numbers, right? And like, you know, there's only a certain amount of revenue we have in the business right now, and we can only make that work in a certain way. With no lifeline left, Chris did the thing he'd avoided doing back in April. He laid off half his staff, about 80 people. No furloughs this time. And what did it mean for you personally that you had to lay off workers? I mean, it's just horrible. I mean, this is definitely like a village of people, and that's been very difficult. um, One of the things that's been most difficult is, um, is actually the generosity of the people that have worked you know, that worked for me, that in the layoff, they were worried about me, right? They're like, hey, I'm I'm so sorry this is affecting you this way. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, I'm laying you off. I mean, so, so that's been hard to, uh, to do. It's not just the fruit guys. As more businesses run out of their PPP funds, they're facing wrenching decisions. After avoiding layoffs up to this point, they're running out of options. Here's Amara. The National Federation of Independent Business, which is this small business advocacy group, has asked its members about this. And in a recent survey, nearly a quarter of respondents said they anticipated having to lay off workers when their PPP money ran out or they already had because their PPP money had ran out. And so in our reporting, we talked to several businesses who had either laid off workers or done some sort of cut in hours to deal with the fact that they no longer had the PPP money to rely on. And at the same time, COVID cases in parts of the country are starting to rise again. What effect does that have on these businesses? We looked at data from Homebase, which provides like scheduling and time management to businesses. And we saw the number of workers working pick up in like early June. But then as we started to see a resurgence of cases in many parts of the country that started to pull back in late June, and that has continued into July. This shows that the uptick in cases poses a threat to the overall economic recovery, and within that, the ability of small businesses themselves to recover. I just sort of think about, like, this PPP program was meant to be a bridge 
But on the other side of this bridge, the land, the economy isn't there to meet them. And so we've sort of been supporting something, but we can't help it land. This is what the business owners have told us. Until the public health crisis is under control in a way that makes people feel truly comfortable going out again, buying things, attending shows, doing all these things, these little things that drive our economy, the outlook is uncertain. And then the PPP money ending meant they didn't necessarily have the financial flexibility to continue employing workers at the levels that they were. So will Congress step in again and provide more aid? Well, Congress is back in Washington this week, and they are starting to negotiate on this. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin has signaled in the past that he would support further aid for small businesses, but he's kind of talked about it as sort of wanting to do it in a more targeted fashion. So the Paycheck Protection Program was this really broad program that any business that, generally speaking, was under 500 employees could tap. So he's kind of talked about it as, in the next round, let's do something targeted to maybe the smallest of the small businesses or maybe the small businesses in the industries that have been most impacted by this crisis. So it remains to be seen what further aid comes for small businesses. I think both the business owners and economists will say it's clear at this point that PPP was not enough because it was designed with a shorter crisis in mind and because the crisis has endured much longer than anyone originally anticipated. It's just not enough. Today, the government reported that 1.4 million people filed for unemployment last week. That was an increase from the week before. And the first time, the number has gone up in nearly four months. Chris has given up on the idea of a quick recovery. And also on the idea that his business, after the crisis, will look anything like the business he had before. We're now planning for saying, how do we survive the next two years? All the things that we've built over 22 years have to now be adapted in order to be in that environment. Chris is moving as fast as he can. He's started some new initiatives for remote workers, like fruit tasting experiences over Zoom and home deliveries. And he says there is one thing that's driving him, bringing back all those workers he's just laid off. My HR director has every single name and address and email and phone on a list. And as we recover, we remake the business. People will be getting phone calls. The only thing that will determine success for me is that I can go back to each one of those people and offer them a job. That's all for today, Thursday, July 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Ruth Simon and Gwyn Guilford for their reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.